Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors and the stories. Novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. In 2020, they created Friends in Fiction to provide author interviews and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing and to highlight independent bookstores. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Hi, everyone. How are you all doing tonight? Thank you so much for joining us on a Sunday for a special behind the book episode of Friends in Fiction. So we're doing these just about once a month and they give us the chance to delve a little deeper and ask more in-depth questions about what goes on behind the scenes in our favorite writers' lives. Tonight, we're going to continue the discussion we started earlier this week about debut novels with two very special guests. But first, we'd like to introduce ourselves. So I'm Kristen Harmel. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey. I'm Patty Callahan Henry. I'm Mary Alice Monroe. And I'm Mary Kay Andrews. And this is Friends and Fiction. Before we start, we would love to thank our presenting sponsor, Mama Geraldine's. Mary Alice, could you tell us a little bit about them? Sure. Mama Geraldine's traditional Southern snacking makes absolutely wonderful cheese straws and cookies. Mm, and they're offering 20% off your order at mamageraldines.com with the code FAB5. These are my favorites, the uh, pimento cheese. And as they say, snack on, y'all. Yum. I See, I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thanks. And Mary Kay, can you tell us a little bit about our bookstore of the week? Yeah, Gramercy Bookstore. Um... We love, you know, we love supporting indie stores. This week, we're working with Gramercy Books in Bexley, Ohio, to bring you a 10% discount on our debut novels and those of tonight's guests and the debut authors we had on the show Wednesday. No coupon code is required. In fact, the store is owned and run by another author, Linda Cass, K-A-S-S, whose latest novel is A Richie, R-I-T-C-H-I-E, Boy. You know her, Kristen, don't you? I do. She is so wonderful, and she's a great supporter of other authors, too. Um, So we're particularly thrilled tonight to be featuring her store. We love bookstores that are owned by authors. I think that's super cool. Hello, Linda. (laughs) And, of course, you can find that link on our Friends in Fiction group page, and you can pre-order all of our 2021 novels there, including mine, Surviving Savannah, that comes out in just six weeks, which seems impossible, but but who's counting? (laughs) They are a great store to support. They're located in an absolutely charming suburb of Columbus, and they're a wonderfully central part of their community. I'm thrilled to host them tonight. Hello, Ohio. Yeah, so thank you so much, Patty. So now to tell you a little bit about tonight's guests. Christy, do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about Susan Zarenda? Yes, I do. So I've known Susan for a while, and it was so wonderful last year to watch her journey to publication with her debut novel in 2020. 
You know, one of the things we'll be focusing on tonight is having a second career as a novelist, and there is no better example than Susan. She spent 33 years teaching literature, composition, and creative writing to community college and high school students in the wonderful Spartanburg, South Carolina. And she has published numerous award-winning short stories over the years, but this grandmother of four didn't publish a book until last year. Bells for Eli, her debut, takes place in a small southern town in the 1960s and 1970s and focuses on the relationship between first cousins Eli and Delia, who are drawn together after a terrible accident. It's a compelling coming-of-age story of culture, family secrets, friendship, and forbidden love. Oh, I'm excited to talk with her in a few minutes. So yeah. we are also excited to welcome another 2020 debut, Allison Hammer, who I have known for years. Um, in fact, I honestly cannot remember not knowing her. Like it's been that long now. <laughs> so she and I can't actually recall. Maybe she'll weigh in when she joins us. But I, I, we cannot recall if we met at a Sister Hazel concert or if we of met. I, I'm of serious. You I mean, did. They're, they're yeah. all a blur. Or at the University of Florida, where we both attended journalism school at the same time. Probably yeah. a concert. Hey, 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 watch yourself. <laughs> a little rivalry going on in the, in the group. Uh, don't, don't hate because we're great. What can I say? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's put that on a mug. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So either way, I've been so thrilled to see Allison, who will also tell you about the superiority of the Gators, go through this whole publishing journey. So like Susan, she had a whole successful career first. She worked and she still works as a VP creative director at FCB Chicago, the 2020 Adweek Global Agency of the Year. She's also the founder of the Every Damn Day Writers, a support group for women writers. So You and Me and Us is an absolutely heartbreaking and beautiful novel about a woman named Alexis, her husband Tommy, and their teenage daughter Cece, who come to Destin, Florida for one last summer as Tommy, who's been diagnosed with terminal cancer, is dying. It's a masterful, truly masterful tale of family loss and the way the deepest pain can help teach us the deepest love. So without further ado, welcome Susan and Allison. Hello. Hey, welcome. We're Thank so you so much. And Al- Allison, Gators, right? I mean, I was on. just going to say, go Gators. I mean, you have to. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're, we're so thrilled to have you two here. We, we have... We all have a question for you, um, so we will just dive right in with asking all the things we want to know. So, Patty, do you want to start us off? I will, um, but before we get started, I need to say something really important. War Eagle. Oh. <laughs> Go Tigers. Just, I was like, what is she going to say? She's Go going Tigers. Totally Go Tigers. Well, my daughter went to Clemson, but I, I'm afraid I'm a Carolina fan. You're a Gamecock, huh? Oh, if it doesn't do oh any good, God. they don't ever win anything. Not the real Carolina. Okay, I didn't mean to start this. I'm sorry. Okay. 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 First of all, congratulations on your successful career pivots. I did the same thing after a long career in pediatric nursing. I stepped into this new and wonderful life. And a debut novel is a fantastic accomplishment. But I couldn't help but notice the timing of yours. Susan, your first novel came out two weeks before the country shut down last March. And Allison, yours came out in April at a time when, like the rest of us, no one was touring 
bookstores were closed. It's tough in the very best of times to be a debut novel, but what about in the worst of times? What was it like for both of you to launch your first novel during a pandemic? Susan, do you want to start us off? I will. Um, I, I was so excited. I had so many events set up in so many states, and I was on tour live for a week and a half. And every day, you know, the crowds would get a little smaller and you could see people getting more and more frightened and fewer people coming until March 9th was the last. um, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina at a WNBA spring uh, author thing, and they expected about 75, 100 people and there were 15 and because there were three of us authors so it was just it was just the pandemic taking over so at at my mature age um i've i've learned a great deal about virtual events and the joy of being on here with you all thank you so much for having me and uh, it's 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 just a different adventure than i imagined it being Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i do i do look forward to getting back out live i hope when we can all get vaccinated and the paperback comes out this spring. That's awesome. How about you, Allison? What was it like for you to launch your very first novel in the middle of this craziness? It was not at all what I expected, um, but I am a big fan yeah. of looking for silver linings. And I, I, yeah. I tried really hard. I had five events um, in different cities planned. And my biggest kind of funny pandemic story is that I had 500 packs of custom Kleenex because my book is a tearjerker. So I had Kleenex printed with a book cover on it. Um, Ah. Well, yeah, but I have 500 now. And so there was a toilet paper (laughs) shortage. So I was like, if anybody runs out, I got you. um, I know it was crazy, but you know, it's, it ended up being, I I don't really have anything to compare it to because it was my first, but I decided because it was two weeks into the pandemic, I decided not to try and recreate what was going to happen in person. I decided to like take advantage of being virtual. Um, And like Kristen said, we have a big connection with music. And so one of my favorite singer songwriters, Stephen Kellogg, who lives in Connecticut, agreed to interview me and play some songs. And um, it didn't feel like a plan B. It ended up being really special for for what it was. was special. Absolutely. Mary Kay, do you want to ask a question? Yeah. You know, I come from a background in journalism, which has served me well as a novelist. In fact, I've been drawn to writing about journalists a couple of times, including my most last year's book, um, Hello Summer. But I think our jobs, our, our past lives really never leave us. And I'm curious about how the two of you, how your previous careers have helped make you better writers and whether those careers made any sort of appearance in your debut novels. Do you think you're a better writer because you started somewhere else and worked hard to establish yourself in another world? Allison, you want to start with that? Sure. And um, my second career is not a past career. I, I tell people I have two full-time jobs. So oh, that's I work- right. You're still working a day job, girl. I am. I am. <laughs> so um, I, I work during the day in advertising and then nights and weekends with writing. Um, but I do think that working and writing for advertising helped me with my with my fiction career because I think my writing is very accessible. When you're writing for ads, you have to be, you almost have to like write down to um, to just the type of people that are going to be not that sounds terrible um but you can't you have to write kind of conversationally and depending on the brand and so i think Mm -hmm. that my style of writing 
growing up in advertising really helped make my fiction writing real and accessible. Um, and for a while, every book that I was writing had a character who worked in advertising because you write what you know. Um, but I started to branch out because there's only so many advertising stories we could tell. How about you, Susan? Oh, most definitely teaching English for all the years that I taught. I, I call it my own personal MFA because I taught literature for <clears throat> over 30 years and I loved it. I did not like grading essays, but I loved mm. the students and I loved teaching literature. And I believed it then and I believe it now that literature is the most important subject in school because it's everything rolled into one. It's history, philosophy, psychology, sociology, maybe not math, but it's <laughs> no, it, math. You, you learn what it means to be human and you learn what it means to connect to each other people. And I think all of that studying and all of that analyzing and all of that mm. teaching helped me to develop a story of the human heart, if you will. Aww. So I, um, teaching is, yeah, great help to me. Wow. That is so beautifully put. A story of the human heart. I love that. I also have to jump in and say, Allison, that my first, my first beach house novel, had a character who was in the advertising agency from Chicago. Oh, wow. I'm just sitting here thinking, my first job was in finance, and I've never written a character in finance. Like, that's sort of strange, right? You will. You will. I have never <laughs> written about a nurse. Never. Wow. Florence Nightingale. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, um, I wrote about the first nurse. Um, I was going to say, I feel like she's a nurse. But, but probably not like a nurse with your yeah. exact thing. No, in, in, in a contemporary yeah. story. Yeah. I have not made one of my characters have my past job. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. interesting, Allison. Yeah. You know, in um, in How to Sleep with a Movie Star, my debut novel, um, I made the mistake of making the main character a small blonde magazine journalist, mm -hmm. um, which was <laughs> truly a mistake if I didn't want people to think that it was an autobiographical tale. So <laughs> word to the wise, if you write a book called How to Sleep with a Movie Star and you don't want people thinking you've slept with movie stars, don't make the character look and have the exact same job as you. Just just a little tip. There you go. <laughs> I, I almost made that mistake. I changed my character's last name so she didn't have my initials because I didn't oh. want people to think that it was me. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes good sense. <laughs> Mary Alice, do you want to ask your question? I do. You know, I want to say that the week before we um, were talking about our debut novels, and I think we've all found that the things we learned in our earlier lives does help shape novels. So I'm sure all these uh, stories like being in finance will come in future novels for Christy, for sure, <laughs> and nurses. Um Susan, also, I, I've known you for a long time, and there's a job that you haven't mentioned and that you've done a lot for authors with Magic Time Literary PR. I have. The three of us have really, uh, uh, we benefited from your work there, so thank you very much. Thank you. It has been my pleasure and continues to be. Oh, thank yes. you. It, it's great. My so-called part-time job. It's so-called, <laughs> right. I saw all those emails you sent. That's, that's a lot of part-time. Part <laughs> So thank you. And that that's actually gave you a, a bird's eye view of what goes on in the literary world as yes. well and prepared yes. you. Absolutely. So I'm going to, and speaking of an earlier life, this is a question that we ask most of our guests. And I think with both of you, this will be really interesting. 
what were your family's values around reading and writing growing up? So Susan, why don't you start? My mother was um, an elementary school teacher and she had it's still on this it's on the shelf around here somewhere but it's her children's literature book that she had in college and my father when i was a, a little girl would take that book and he would he loved to read poetry and he liked poetry that had uh, you know he liked um little orphan james whitcomb riley uh he was a and of course he liked to read dr seuss stories he loved anything with um rhyming words and rhythm and so Every night when I and my father was an engineer, but every night before I went to bed and then after my brother came along, he would read us poetry out of that book. And it seems strange to think I had an engineer father, but he 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 read all the time. And of course, my mother was, of course, a reader because she was a teacher. And, and so I'm certain that all of that early on um, had a tremendous effect on my loving to read, first of all, mm -hmm. and, and of course, now writing. Yeah. How about you, Allison? My, um, my mom growing up was a third grade teacher. And so she um, still has a love of books. My nephew, she started like a grandma book club where she sends um, my nephews different books once a month because she has so many from her years teaching. So I think she probably helped instill my love of reading. Um, my grandfather was very big storyteller, like just orally telling stories and making up rhymes and things like that. Yeah. But when I think of my childhood and reading, I was I was just obsessed. I would read like one Babysitter's Club or Sweet Valley High book like a day. I would literally like, you know, we'd go to the library and I couldn't I couldn't get enough. So I think probably my mom started it and then um, I just picked up and and didn't didn't stop. <laughs> wow. And may, may I interject something quick since we're talking about reading yeah. and when we were children, I, I have grandchildren and because I can't be with them now, I have mm. taken to reading to them through FaceTime and oh, it's wonderful. Yes. I go get a big stack of books from the library and my little grandson, Henry, it, it's really bonding us since we can't be together much. So I advocate oh, that if you've got people in your family, you can't see little ones, read them books through FaceTime. I do that with my nephews. Yeah, it's great. Well, that's amazing because I started out doing that and I let it go. So thank you for the reminder. It is really bonding. It, it is. We, we've really enjoyed it. That's and so it's so sweet. nice to think that you might be shaping the next generation of writers. I mean, yes. one of them might be on a show like this 20 or 30 years from now saying, I remember my grandmother or my aunt used to read to me. Right? I love that. That's right. so sweet. Christy, did you want to ask a question? I do. Um, so, Susan, are you working on anything now? I am. I am in the midst of a second novel. I hope that it's going to work. And we've been talking about writing what we know. There actually is an English teacher in this second novel. It's not said in a past period, but more in modern day, although I said it before technology took over in the classroom. But I'm, you know, this English teacher is a lot funkier. <laughs> a, lot a lot nicer, <laughs> a lot hipper, I think, than I, than I ever was. But certainly, um, I, I know things about teaching English in the high yeah. school, so um, I'm using that. And yeah. I, it, it has a, a, the teacher character and a very privileged um, white uh, senior boy in high school who finds himself in in-school suspension 
and meets an impoverished um, biracial girl there and the sparks will fly, even though it doesn't seem likely. I love that. And can you also tell us, how do you think writing your first novel after such a long career will um, impact your life moving forward? Well, it's it's impacting it a whole lot. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, writing the book is is one journey, and getting the book out into the world in front of readers, as all of you know, is mm-hmm. is another journey. But it's it's become a huge focus of my life and uh, a dream of mine that's that's come true. So I loved teaching. I wouldn't change one single day of it. But I could not write a full length work and teach and raise children at the same time. I'm just not the superwoman that many people are. You are definitely a superwoman. I know you pretty well. You can (laughs) look at Allison having a full-time job in writing. I could have never done it. But I don't have kids. I mean, I think that it's- Well, I'm a variable. Yeah. So Allison, I'll, I'll just transition into asking you that then. How do you manage to do it all? Can you tell us a little bit about the writing group you're a part of and how that keeps you accountable? Yeah, um, so I am a big believer in writing every day. Um, you know, I've I've listened to authors like you guys, and so many people say that 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 that's the key to writing every day. And so, whether it's for ten minutes or you know, back when we could go to coffee shops, I would love to spend like eight hours just camped out at a Starbucks and writing. But I, you know, I try to write every day, and I I started a Facebook group about it, the Every Damn Day Writers, um, and it's just. It, it gets me, you know, it's like going to the gym. If you, if I stop writing for a week, I find it's really hard to get back yeah. into the story. And so just that little bit of writing every day, um, the words add up and, and that's, you know, I end up doing a couple hours usually after work in the evenings and then on the weekends, um, I do a lot. So I don't have much of a social life, but, um, you know, with the pandemic, I'm not missing out on much. <laughs> Nobody I, has a social life. No. Yeah. What, what no, is that right? even? Yeah. I know. And, <laughs> and also, Alice and I beg to differ. You were like, I mean, not now because the pandemic, but you were like the biggest concert goer I know. And you know everybody. And <laughs> Oh, you yeah, too. Yeah. yeah no, you, you're I, amazing. I wish I could have seen you two running around to Christmas, you know, Sister Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> The rock on the rock boat, yeah. On the rock boat, yes. Yeah, Maybe Kristen can find a picture for us. Yeah, wow. they're probably all blurry because the rock boat's very blurry to me. So, <laughs> so, Allison, I know you have a new book coming out this April called "Little Pieces of Me." So, can you tell I us do. a little bit about it? Yeah. So here it is. Um, it's crazy. Oh, I love the cover. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, very cool. So, I was hoping that, you know, the world will be back to normal for this one, but it doesn't look like that's the case. Um, but yeah, it's coming out April 13th, and it was inspired by the story of a friend of mine who found out through um, Ancestry.com. She got an email that the dad she grew up with was not her biological father. She got a parent-child match um, with a man she didn't know, who through a little research, she found out that her parents and him had all gone to the same college at the same time. So when she told me that story, I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to write a book about that. So it's not her story. It was just inspired by it. But um, it's coming out in April. And if you're watching this live, there's a Goodreads giveaway for it that ends tonight on Sunday. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty go. excited about it. Yeah. Oh, and for anyone who didn't read um, Allison's debut novel, I mean, you're just such a beautiful writer. And I, I just know this one is going to be equally beautiful, probably more so because I'm sure you've learned and grown as a writer since then. So let me um, let me hit you all with a question, starting with Allison and Susan. Um, 
let's talk about what is one thing you think you have learned about yourself as a result of your career so far as a writer? Allison, do you want to start? Ooh, um, that's, that's a good one. You know, I think because this is the beginning of the year and everyone's talking about goals. And so I think the thing that I've learned about myself is that I like to succeed. Um, and I'm more motivated by success than I am failure. Um, so where a lot of people write, like, um, plan for stretch goals, they just overwhelm me and stress me out. And I find I can't do anything. And so I do better with small manageable goals, like, you know, the amount of words a day or the amount of time a day. And, you know, sometimes I even write things on my to-do list that I've already done just so I can have the satisfaction of crossing the line. <laughs> me too. Me too. I do that. Too. I do that. I yeah. Do that. Yeah. So I just, I realized that I have to, I have to set myself up for success and I'd rather overachieve than underachieve. That's a good one. How about you, Susan? Anything you've learned about yourself through your writing career? Uh, yes, I have. I, I think I was... I wrote short fiction for a long time and it, you know, my big excuse is I didn't have time to write a long work, but I think I was always fearful um, of it. You know, we're all fearful of failure and it, it is, you mentioned my work with magic time. And I think it is being thrown into the world of authors with Mary Alice, with Christy, with Patty, with, to, to see, you know, that it, it, it can happen. Um, I don't, and and I've had, you all have been so encouraging. And I've also, I have a tenacious nature and I have learned that it has served me well um, in, in writing and in the marketing of a book. So I've been really thankful for what, what I lack in intelligence. I make up for in tenacity. And so that has served me well. And, and I've, I never thought, I thought I'm going to write this book that I want to write and then I thought, I won't think beyond that. But now, but you know, soon enough, I had this idea of a second book that I wanted to write. So that surprises me. And, and, and on we go. Uh, on we go. I have to <laughs> say, Susan, that your book, um, Bells for Eli, is so beautiful. If anyone hasn't read it, it's really beautiful. And tell me, isn't the paperback, you, you talked about the one you're writing, but isn't the paperback coming out? Yes, the paperback is coming out March 1st. And yeah. uh, I'm thrilled about that. And I'm published by University Press. And it's sort of unusual for them to do a, a paperback run after a hardback run. But they have offered to do it. And I'm very excited about it. And hope to get back out on the road. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, hope, I so. hope you can. I hope so. Mary Kay, let's just kind of quickly go around the circle to the, the five of us. I'd love to hear what you've learned about yourself through your writing career, Mary Kay. I have learned that, um, you know, I'm always full of uh, self-doubt and fear and self-loathing. But the one thing I have discovered about myself that is that if it terrifies me, I should try it. That's a great one. I love if that. It, if I feel like I'm, I'm going to step off the top of a tall building, I should try that. <laughs> that I not love literally. Please don't. Not, yeah, please, yeah, please, please don't, don't do that. that. Yes. Don't be metaphorical. Exactly. Yeah, it, I mean, metaphorically. No, I like that. I like that a lot. How about you, Christy? Um. I like that. One of the quotes that hangs on my wall is leap and the net will appear. So I, I, like that. That. Yeah. Um, I think especially this year, but I mean, we all know in publishing, 
there are a million variables that we cannot control. And um, there are a million things coming at us at all times. And a lot of times they are not what we expected. And I'm surprised, I think, at... um, I think I'm a pretty good problem solver and pivoter, (laughs) which I didn't really know about myself, but especially with this last launch, it was just sort of like, okay, pivot. Okay. Pivot again. Okay. Pivot again. Okay. How do we solve this? What do we do about this? Oh my gosh. Like what else can happen? (laughs) But, um, so I think that's, it's good. It's kind of made me more confident about that in the other areas of my life too. That's awesome. I just love the idea of writing and being on this writing journey, making us better, more well-rounded humans, yeah. you know? Yeah. How, how about you, Patty? I know I've been I'm sitting here thinking of all of these things, but I think one of the things that strikes me the most is that I always considered myself a not very disciplined person. You know, I, I've, I've always been kind of go with the flow, acting on my intuition, um, moving from thing to thing, excited about life, wanting to do the next amazing, fun thing. And my sister is a gymnast, and that's what I consider discipline. Yeah. And I would have never used those words for myself mm-hmm. until I no, looked up six years later and had written a book a year and was like, you know what? I'm pretty disciplined. And it's I don't think it's actually the best adjective for me, but I think when you care this much about something, so I think that's what I've learned that when you care enough about something, you make the time, you make the dedication and you are a committed person. Absolutely. That's great. And how about you, Mary Alice? Yeah, I have to echo what Patty was saying too. It's, a lot of the complaints that I get from my children is, mom, you're always working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, stop. Mary Alice, you, got a, you, you just finished a book. How come you're starting another book? And it's not, it's hard to explain. that. It's hard to balance, number one, as we all know, our personal mm-hmm. lives. And that's what I'm struggling with right now. I think yeah. now that I'm at this point where I think, yeah, you do have to balance your time with joy and your children a little bit more. But the truth of the matter is what I've learned is that I love what I do. And I, it's not in my mind work. We complain about it and deadline hell and things like that, but we could all stop if we want. And I, I just keep going and the ideas keep popping. I never understand how someone says, I don't have an idea. Oh my gosh, I have so many. I have to decide which one to choose. So the discipline part, it's, it, for me, it's more compulsion. I just can't stop. Mm -hmm. And what the discipline for me is now is to take a step back and say, be disciplined about those exercises. Take a walk on the beach yeah. again. You know, yeah. your, your physical health is important too. And your children are important too. Yeah. So I think over a long career, it's just learning balance. Yeah. I haven't achieved it, but I'm working towards it. Yeah. That's good. I, I love that. And it's something I struggle with too. I mean, it's, you know, and I think particularly during the pandemic, balance has become mm-hmm. that much more difficult for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think one of the things I've learned through my writing is that if the questions you dare to ask are varied and deep, you'll be surprised at where, where they take you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I didn't realize early in my career when I was writing just kind of these light stories about, 
hey, we're in our 20s and we're having fun and whatever, um, you know, which there was a time for that. And I think I was exploring some issues then too. But um, I really feel like I grow a little bit as a result of each book I write mm-hmm. and that the books are better and I become better as a person um, if, if I dare to go to those deep places or ask the hard questions, yes. if, if that makes sense. So um, it's just taught, so taught Kristen, me a little bit about, yeah. I was listening to this talk yesterday. It's amazing you're bringing this up. And it was by David White, who is, y'all know, a poet I love. But he had this whole thing about who we are becoming in our work is who we are becoming. And I wrote it down and I have it on my bullet board right now. Who we are becoming in our work is who we are becoming. (gasps) Patty, I love that. That's great. I rewound, wrote it down, put it on the bulletin board. Um, yeah. So well, I, I, I think that that's a really good point that that while we're while Susan is doing her her debut and, and learning who she is as a writer and Allison, you're diving in. We're also becoming who we are yes. through our writing. You and I love that idea. Right. And we don't well, ever stop. That's, no. that's so yeah, true. Thank you. Yes. All right. So, Patty, that is a great segue to my last question for our lovely guests. Who are the two of you becoming? Who do you hope you're remembered for being at the end of your literary career? Ooh. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I know. And, and you know what? Those far guests. Yeah, I, I was, I was going to say, but before we came on, we promised you no tough questions. But there you go. You lied. You lied. Susan, Susan do you want to go first? Or, do you want to go first or do you want me to? <laughs> Either way. (laughs) You want me to go first? Okay. I I have this quote that runs through my head sometimes in in a letter um, to his friend, Ernest Hemingway. F. Scott Fitzgerald, you know, once said that the the value of, of, of writing is how the characters linger in the reader's minds. Yeah when it's over. Mm. And perhaps that is what I hope that I can create a work, create characters who resonate Mm. with the people who read about them when it's over so that we Mm. have things to think about. We, we have things to think about, about who we are. And in the case of Bells for Eli, you know, one thing I hope readers think about is how, is fate, how it can take away with one hand and give back with the other in the same circumstance. So I think that's when, when, when we write and we, we have, we, we write because we want our readers to understand something about human nature. And, yeah. and maybe that's what I would like my work at least to be remembered. Oh, for. that's that lovely. Terrific I love answer, beautiful. Susan. Thank you. How about you, Allison? I'm like, I have to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that, I mean, that was beautiful. I think that when I try to think about, you know, I love the idea that, that as we change our work changes and with publishing, it's, I feel like there's a lag time. So like I wrote, you know, there's like a two year lag time for who I'm, what I'm writing now and then what's coming out. But I think that, you know, I try to write, um, I try to have variety, but I think a lot of my stories revolve around family, friendship, loss, and love. And I um, want to make people feel things. I don't want to like necessarily make people cry, but I think (laughs) that when people can resonate with your characters or think about it and, 
being, you know, at the beginning of my career and like looking at all of you guys and the great successes that you've had, you know, I have definitely like aspirations, but I try to focus on the individual reader and I try to focus mm. on the, the review that I get. And, you know, because we don't have control over, of course, the lists would be great. And this is that time where, you know, best of and most anticipated lists are coming out. So I try not to focus on that. And I try to focus on making that one-on-one -on -one connection with the people who read. And, you know, another great thing about the pandemic is that there have been things like this and opportunities to join book clubs and to get, you know, to, to connect with readers and bookstagram. And, you know, so I guess I want to make a lasting impression on individual readers and make them feel something. Well, that's amazing. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, Beautiful. Allison, I will say that you and Susan are on our most anticipated list. We cannot yeah. wait to oh, your next you. books. Thank and you. ladies, we are so grateful that you joined us tonight and grateful too that you've joined the community of authors overall because you're both doing yeah. such beautiful work. So yeah. congratulations on your debuts. And we're all, like I said, so excited to see what's next. Wow. So as a reminder to all of you out there, you can find Susan Surrenda's and Allison Hammer's novels, along with the debuts and upcoming 2021 novels of the five friends and fiction authors at Gramercy Books in Bexley, Ohio for 10% off. And once again, we are so grateful to our sponsor, Mama Geraldine's, whose cheese straws and cookies we adore. So thank you so much for joining us tonight for this special behind the books bonus episode of Friends in Fiction. We will see you Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time with New York Times bestselling novelist Marissa De Los Santos right here on the Friends in Fiction Facebook group page. Thank you so much. See you then. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And Allison, thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. Join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And please, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here. Good night. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.